Okay, welcome back everybody to my first solo podcast, which was super intimidating for me to think about doing and I almost didn't, but then I remembered that podcasting in general was super intimidating and now it feels completely normal and now it's really something that I enjoy doing. And realistically, I cannot keep asking the girls to do episodes with me every single week, even though I think they do enjoy it. And me choosing the topic of traveling solo, I felt would be a really good entrance into me doing my podcast solo. So that's the, that's the topic for this week. It's on traveling alone, traveling solo, which is something I think a lot of people struggle with. Uh, maybe just the idea of it. Maybe they don't even have like the desire to do it. But if anyone out here does have the desire to do it, and it's something they want to get a little bit more comfortable doing, this would be a good place to start. I have been looking at my Spotify like data that it's been giving me, and it's like it's a good thing and a bad thing because I can see really like detailed statistics of like how much people are listening to my episodes, how long they listen, like their retention, the duration. And I found that I get more individual downloads on some of my more like interesting buzz topics that I've done with my guests. But for like retention, the episodes I do with the girls around media get the most retention. And the average is about an hour that people will listen to those. So I've decided to maybe just start doing a segment at the beginning of each of my podcasts about what like books, movies, TV shows I've listened to recently or watched and and what I thought about them. So I'll start out with that today. So right now I'm recording from Yosemite, which is like nine hours from where I live, and I came here by myself, which I thought would be a great intro again into traveling solos to record it while I'm traveling alone. Um, So on the way here, I listened primarily to podcasts, and like I said, it's nine hours, so I had several podcasts to listen to, and I listened to a few but um, I feel like the most, the ones that I remember the most were unfortunately from Joe Rogan. So I listened to his episode with Jelly Roll, and I listened to his episode with Chris Stapleton, which I love country music, and I've never like in my life heard about Jelly Roll. And for those like for those listening right now, Google a photo of Jelly Roll and tell me that that man sings country music. But it was a really good episode, and it was better than I thought it would be. And what I liked the most about that episode is as I listened to him and I saw what he looked like and I heard about some of his background, which was very interesting, I started downloading his music and there's like nothing consistent about it. It's like there is country and there is rap and there is rock. It doesn't fall into what I would consider to be any specific genre, even though right now I think he's marketing to to country music. I think that's where his like last awards have been. But I I liked listening to that. I thought it was really interesting that he didn't have one area of music that he fit into. And it was, a, I don't know, it was a good interview. Then I listened to Chris Stapleton, which my biggest takeaway from that interview was that Chris Stapleton is the nicest man in the world. Like, he is so nice. And all it takes is like two minutes of listening to that podcast to figure that out because he's so nice. Uh, what else was like funny about that is he's also apparently the most normal man in the world. Like to his core, there's nothing weird about Chris Stapleton. Like he's he likes making music and he likes fishing. And Joe Rogan would be like, "Yeah, well, um, did you know that in thousands of years ago, on the evolutionary tract, people ate insects to survive?" And Chris Stapleton would be like, "Wow, that's wow. You know, I don't have anything to say." And then Joe Rogan would be like, "Yeah, well, have you ever thought about?" 
in like classic American literature, the, the majority of people that fish only fly fish. And Chris Stapleton would be like, wow, um, yeah, I've never thought about that either. So that was a really good podcast too. While I've been in the park, I was listening to Joe Rogan's episode with Gavin DeBecker, which I love Gavin DeBecker and I can't believe I've never listened to that episode and I've never actually heard him speak. But I thought that was also really good. Like, it was interesting the way that he talked about COVID, which I'm not really a conspiracy theorist. Like, that's not something I'm super interested in. But Gavin DeBecker did have a lot of interesting things to say about the way that COVID was handled, which, you know, I'll let you listen to the episode. But crazy thing that I learned from that episode is that in 2020, 75% of television ads were promotional for pharmaceutical companies which I had no idea about. And Joe Rogan has brought up on several, several of his podcasts the idea that only the United States and New Zealand market or even have like the legal ability to market pharmaceuticals on television. That's not something that other countries do. And I'd never thought about that because growing up in the United States, obviously I've seen promotional like advertisements for pharmaceuticals my whole life. It never had occurred to me that's something that's truly only in the United States. And that that's like we market medicine the same way that we market anything else, like a product or an item or a service is the same way that America markets pharmaceuticals. So also super interesting if anyone wants to like hear more about that. That was on Gavin DeBecker's episode. Okay, so that's everything that I was listening to on the way here. So now I'll go into a little bit of background about how I've like what my checklist of of like doing things alone has been because it didn't like it didn't start out where I left home and then immediately I drove by myself to a national park like there were things that led up to this and I think that when we're talking about doing things by ourselves or doing things alone it's not like we have to jump in immediately like that's something that you can progressively feel more and more comfortable with so anyway um I moved out of Casper, Wyoming to Salt Lake City by myself. And I, I didn't really know my roommate at the time, but I did have a roommate and I lived with her for a year. But then COVID hit and it just wasn't really working for me to live there anymore. And so I got my own apartment. So yeah, I, I don't think that doing learning how to be comfortable with just yourself is something that necessarily happens overnight. And it's not really something that you have to do immediately, like a cold plunge, right? Like there are, there are increments that you can work up to to finally doing something that you really wanted to do alone. Like, you can start with baby steps. And in, like, a perfect world, I think I would have been able to do that. But I got my own apartment and lived alone during COVID, which I was also six hours away from home. And none of my family or, like, my friends that I'd grown up with lived near me. I had some friends in Utah at the time. But... So that felt like a cold plunge into doing things that are solo and alone. And so now I think like the idea of going to New York City, which is something I did two years ago, or going to Yosemite by myself, those don't really seem, like I don't want to say they don't seem intimidating because I understand that they can be, but they don't seem as intimidating as anything I did during COVID. Like in my head, going to Yosemite for four days with just me, that's like, that's nothing, right? Like compared to to me living alone in the middle of a pandemic that seems super super easy and I think it might go back and forth for some people like maybe someone that had to live alone during COVID would never want to be alone again 
Like they just truly like would not, that would not interest them because they spent so much time alone. So since doing that, it's also funny for me to talk about living in Utah by myself because for anyone that's met me since I live in Arizona, like I have my roommates now and we kind of travel as a pack. So I don't think that anyone really thinks about where I was before this, which is by myself in my own apartment. And I did have pets and I still have pets now and I brought my dog here. So that helps. But yeah, I spent like a year there and I loved it. Yeah. Like I didn't actually hate living alone at all. I think I would have enjoyed it more if I'd been able to have like more friends and to be able to do things the way that like my social life is now. I think that would have been really awesome to have when I lived alone. I think it, but I probably could have lived alone forever if I'd had that. I've taken two like completely solo trips. Um, Like I said, one was a year and a half ago or two years ago and I went to New York City for the weekend by myself. And then this one is is what I'm doing now, which is going to Yosemite and I did bring my dog this time. But it's it's cool for me to be able to have done both because I think it's a good perspective. Like New York City is completely, you know, city. Like it's the subway and it's big cities and I went to museums and art galleries and bars like like that kind of, I did that, and I tried new restaurants, and Yosemite's completely different, like, this is country, and it's cabin, and there are restaurants, I'm staying in a town that's, like, 10 minutes away, which has been a really nice, like, compromise between camping and, and not, but it's far more secluded, and it's far more, like, like, this itinerary is my own, I have my own car, I have my own, like, space, I brought, my dog has his own space, like, it is very different, the vibes of both these trips. And I've noticed that there are some things I feel comfortable doing here that I didn't feel comfortable doing in, in New York and vice versa, right? So one of the things that I didn't feel comfortable doing in New York City, and also I'm not saying that statistically this is even safer being in California doing this because I have drink like been drinking at bars here or restaurants or whatever, But something I didn't do in New York City is drink any alcohol, like, once it got dark. Like, at all. And I I would bring a bottle of wine back to my apartment. I was staying in Brooklyn at the time. So I would drink at my apartment. It wasn't that I was, like, anti-alcohol. It was just that I didn't feel safe as a woman being by myself drinking at night anywhere else. And so another woman might go to New York City by herself and feel differently, and she might feel more comfortable, and that's fine. Um, but that's not something that I personally did. And I would try restaurants. I'm sure I drank during the day or had cocktails. But that's like a safety precaution that I took at night. But California has been different because I've, I've been drinking since I've been here. Something that, like I, I was talking about baby steps when it comes to like traveling by yourself and doing things alone. And there are baby steps because I feel super comfortable being alone. This trip hasn't bothered me at all. I will not go use the hot tub. Like that scares me. There's like a communal hot tub here and communal pool I'm staying on this like um, this like cabin area, whatever you want to call it, and I, I'm sure it would be great, and I'm sure everyone here is really nice. The idea of me going to the hot tub by myself is like horrendous to me. Like I won't do it, <laughs> and I don't know why. I'm sure there's other people that feel comfortable doing that, but something about that feels a like a massive ick, mm, like by myself, ew, and two like I just don't. Something about that feels like it's kind of crossing a line into something that I wouldn't want to do safety-wise. Even though, again, it doesn't... It, I'm not saying that, like, statistically this is proven to be any different. Like, me drinking in California versus New York is not any different. Or me sitting in a hot tub in Phoenix, which I'll do by myself, like, in the winter, or in the pool at Phoenix by myself, versus here. 
like that's it not saying like it's it's really that different but I think that the way that we whatever space that we're comfortable in is where we should stay and I'm a big like advocate for your own intuition and your own like you you measuring your own capabilities and where you feel comfortable when you travel and I, I do that with groups but I do that with myself a lot too so if I don't feel safe doing something I'm not going to tell myself I need to do it and the vice versa like if I feel like I can do something and I feel like it's within my capacity to do it safely, I'm not going to tell myself I can't because I think that's silly. And I think that we're like beyond that as people and as adults, we can set our own boundaries. We listen to ourselves. So those are two things that did, I've kind of like noticed are different between the two trips that I've taken myself. When it comes to just like traveling by yourself and not feeling lonely, something that helps me a lot is to ask myself like, for what time period is this going to be? I, like, is this a weekend to Yosemite? Like, is this, like, three nights away from, from my family and my friends, my work? Or is this, like, a permanent thing? And I think if it was permanent, I would feel a lot lonelier. And I would kind of, like, stress myself out, thinking about where I'm supposed to be and who I'm supposed to be with and do I really want to be here. But just so, like, everyone's clear, a weekend away is not anything significant. It's not going to matter in the long term. It's not going to matter in, the, like... Like a weekend away by yourself is not a significant amount of time to be worried about missing your family or missing your friends or feeling alone. It's, it's really not. But it is a significant period or, or accomplishment that you're going to look back and feel proud, on your, like proud of yourself for doing. And yeah, so that might be some way to kind of frame it. The other thing that's helped me not be as lonely, honestly, has been like listening to podcasts. And there's nothing wrong with music. I listen to it too. But there's something about like being in the car and listening to other voices and like listening to other conversations because it lets yourself think. And you kind of like, you think more about what they're saying and what the topic of that podcast is versus just like a, a song, which I've done both. But I've, I've found that I've been listening now that I'm alone to more podcasts on this trip versus music. When I put this story in my Instagram, I had, like, I think two responses that were like, oh, what are your favorite, like, what, where would you want to go solo, like, your favorite travel destinations? And it's a good question, but in reality, like, if, if there's some place that you want to go that you cannot find your friends to go with you, then just go by yourself. Like, there isn't really any, I don't, I don't personally have, like, any crazy travel destinations I want to go to by myself or, or, like, some place or location that I needed to go to. It was more that I wanted to go to New York City and, and none of my friends could go and I was going to go anyway. And this year, like, I wanted to go camping. I wanted to go to some kind of cabin and none of my friends could go. So I went anyway. And I, there's, like, this, like, block that a lot of people have in their minds of waiting for their friends to go with them. And it's understandable. But another thing I would tell you is just, like, remove that. Like, you actually don't need it. You're perfectly capable of going by yourself. And a lot of people do it. And it's not, it's not as weird as you think it's going to be. I think, I think it would actually be fine. And again, I, feel, I think we all hype, like, up, hype up in our minds how important it is or like how stressful it's going to be to go by ourselves. And I don't think it is. Because I've been sitting here like trying to think about some story I could tell you guys about something interesting that happened to me when I was traveling alone. And truth is, like on either of these trips, nothing did. Nothing crazy happened. Nobody asked me any questions. Nobody gave me a hard time. And nobody, there, there's nothing like an interesting thing that happened to me in New York City that's worth a story, right? Other than the places I went and the museums I saw. Like those were very worth going. That I will say like another thing that did intimidate me about going by myself is having someone take a photo of you. Because when I go places, like I do want a photo of myself in that place. So I remember that I went. 
but it's super intimidating to ask a stranger to take a photo of you, which is silly because like at the place I work, people ask me that every single shift, like every single shift on the weekends, if not two or three times, someone will come up to me and ask me to take a photo of them. It's, it's not really that weird of a thing to do. It's more like in my own head. But from New York City and from this trip, I have one photo of myself because that was like all I could like muster up to ask a stranger to take my photo. And it, it is, it's kind of awkward at first. Like when you, when you start doing that, I'm sure like after a certain amount of time, if you're used to asking strangers to take a photo of you, it feels like nothing. But for me, that was very awkward. And I like, we were all on top of the scenic overlook and I just wanted one photo to make sure that I knew that I came here. And I asked one lady at first, and she didn't speak English. And I was like, ah, oh, like that sucked. Not super weird. And then I asked another lady, and she was super nice and took my photo. And then we moved on. And it just, it's not that big a deal. It's worse in your head than what it really is. One of the, like, one of the pros that I've noticed from traveling by myself is that nothing's a big deal. Like, nothing's a big deal because I know for a fact it doesn't inconvenience anyone. And like getting up in the morning doesn't inconvenience anyone we're not on a schedule to leave it's truly like up to me what I want to do where I want to eat that night is completely up to me like where I want to get coffee or what I want to do that day like that itinerary is mine and I think that's a really cool thing about traveling solo is that I don't have to ask for advice or opinions on what I do on that trip like that's something that I just get to go and decide and I come from like a family of planners like my mom, my mom and my sister and I, which I am too, but there is something like really freeing about not having to answer anyone, even if I change my, my plan for the day, like if I switch my schedule, which for a lot of people that they do that anyway, but, but I, like that's not something I normally do. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And so for me to go back and like have this entire day in this itinerary that's completely mine, it honestly doesn't feel great forever. Like, that's not a place I want to live in. But for a vacation, I actually really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed doing that. And it's something that I only really get to do on vacation. So that was cool, too. That's something to think about if it's like, uh, if that's something that you feel like you would enjoy, too. And even with, like, when it comes to inconveniencing people, again, I, like, I've always traveled with really nice people. But it does, like, whatever mistake you make on a trip, unfortunately, does influ like, influence other people. It affects other people. And, like, on this trip, like, my iPad is about to die because I completely forgot the cord for it. And it's been really annoying. Like, I have had to figure out how to do that, and I still didn't really figure it out. And hopefully this, like, lasts long enough for me to record this. But the whole, like, I need everyone else to figure this out with me is part of traveling, like, that's part of, like, being on a trip, there's nothing wrong with that, but now that it's just me, and it's really just my problem, if I figure this out, and it's my problem to, to kind of fix the mistake that I made in not planning enough for this trip, that is really refreshing, and it's kind of like a burden off yourself to, like, those little things that you don't even realize stress you out when you're traveling with other people, you don't have to worry about those, like, like, you take care of yourself, and you figure things out for yourself, and whatever stress and, like, Whatever stress that comes with that, only you have to deal with. And that's, that is a really cool part of traveling alone.